You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, have you ever been in an earthquake yeah. where the ground is moving and you're disoriented and you don't know what's going to happen? You feel like everything is coming down around well, your ears? The ones that I've been haven't really been that bad. Well, it can be awfully disorienting. Well, there's a bigger earthquake a bigger coming. One? The final earthquake when God's going to shake everything. Oh, wow. We're going to read that today on More, More Than, Than Ink. Ink. Good morning and welcome to our dining room table. We're sitting here with our Bibles open like we always are when we come to, to do this program. And usually our coffee, but I drank mine up. Oh. So. Uh-oh. Yeah. But. So we're just glad you're with us this morning and we are we are doing the second half of, of Hebrews 12. Right. And it's uh, last week we talked about the cloud of witnesses. Cloud of witnesses, yeah. And where we fix our eyes. Look where you're going or you're going to be distracted and go where you're looking. That's right. So, That's right. you know, this is the kind of the wrap up uh, of chapter 12 where he says, you know, because you haven't come to that kind of experience, that Old Testament Sinai experience, mm-hmm. you've come to a new covenant, to a new place, to Mount Zion. Right. Well, go, look where you're going. Yeah. Where you're going to go where you're looking. Or another way of saying this is the new covenant versus the old. Right. Well, he's actually going to use that phrase yeah. toward yeah. the end here. So, so with, with, a view toward where are you looking right he contrasts this yeah let me let me take us off we're we're in hebrews chapter 12 verse 18 okay and uh and he's going to talk about the old Mm -hmm. in that particular and he's going to he's going to reference back to the experience in exodus which we're going to be studying pretty soon has been doing all along along. through the book yeah just as because because they did what they did as an example for us he says that so we'll understand so uh so hearkening back to Mount Sinai in the desert in Exodus 19 and 20, around that area. This is how he picks up in verse 18. For for you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire, a darkness and gloom and a tempest, and the sound of the trumpet and a voice whose words made the, the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given, which is... Even if a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. Let's stop Let's there. Let's stop there. Yeah. <laughs> Vivid picture of well, being in the, at the base of Mount Sinai. Yeah, and if you go back and read in Exodus 19 and 20, uh, you know, it took me a long time to discover this, but when they first came to the mountain, the sound terrified them, mm-hmm. the smoke and the fire terrified them, and they said, whoa, Moses, we don't want to hear the voice stop, of this God. Stop the voice. You go talk to him mm-hmm. and come back and tell us what he said. Yeah. Because the whole experience was so overwhelming mm-hmm. and just emphasized God is holy and separate and other than you are. Yeah. Yeah, this is the same guy that was traveling with them in the desert after they crossed the Red yeah, Sea and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but this was very early. This but was this right after they crossed right, the Red Sea. Right after that. And this yeah. is the first time that God really speaks in a way right. that just terrified them. They realized they're dealing with a God who's big. <laughs> and and, and who is, other. And who is to be feared, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he so what he's saying right here is that you haven't you haven't come to that. That that's not your experience now. You know, we're we're past that in a way. However, 
I won't say that we're really past that because it's the same God. It's the same God. And this is really a depiction in a visible existence with Israel about how God is a just, a very just God. And so out of this experience, actually, if you remember when they're there, God doesn't doesn't rattle their cages there in Mount Sinai just to rattle the cages. This is the giving of the law. So this is a very sobering thing that this that this. This booming voice in that sense says, okay, so here's the deal. Here's the contract. And there come the Ten Commandments. So that's that's the before. That's the just God. That's the God who's well, a consuming fire. And all along, the writer of Hebrews has been saying, now, all of that happened to them. Real place, real time people. But we have something better. We have something better. We have a better covenant. We have a better mediator. We have a better savior. We have better right. promises. Right. So, you know, he sets up this section saying, you haven't come to that right old testament old covenant so what have you come you have come so that contrast is what's in view here yeah and that's what he starts in 22 22 is the pivot where he talks about what you have come to not the terrifying voice on mount sinai but 20 22 but you have come to mount zion a different mountain and to the city of the living Hmm. god the heavenly jerusalem and to innumerable angels in festal gathering and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Mouthful. He had referred to the blood of Abel yeah. earlier in chapter 11. Yeah. If you recall, I think it was, what is it, Genesis 3 or 4? Genesis 4. Genesis 4. Where after Abel's killed and his blood's on the ground and Cain thinks right. he got away with it. Right. And God says, no, no, you're, his blood is crying from the ground. Justice. Yeah. So, but, but this is blood from Jesus, but it's crying in a different kind of way. Yeah. So he's comparing two mountains. Two mountains. Two right. focal places. Right. So I would encourage you as good Bible students to just pick apart this comparison a little bit. Track down those Old Testament cross references. Go back and read Exodus 19 and 20. And also uh, Moses elaborates on it a little bit in Deuteronomy 5. So go back and look at those things and consider their experience. And then look at the contrast with Mount Zion. Right. The place where God touches down, where the temple was built, and where the cross happened. Right, which in the, the earthly manifestation of it was still to come in the nation of Israel. They, they, their trek when they left Egypt was to go to Mount Zion, go to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai first. Right, where the law came right, and the law just, came. a just right. God is there. And then a generation later, they're in the promised land and they're in Zion. So, right. so these both, both of these things coexist in their human experience. And for us, from a spiritual sense, they also coexist. But, but focus on what we've come to. Look what he says is at this Mount Zion. And this is mm. figurative and real in the right. real spiritual right. sense. Uh, so he uses this word too. You know, you've, not, you've come not just to Mount Zion, but you've also come to the city, city of the living God. And you know, we've emphasized before about this city idea. I love the whole picture, of the city idea, because back in their time, and even in the Wild West in America, a city was a was an uncommon place of protected order, an assembly of of 
peace and joy and order. I mean, it was just such a contrast to the wild and woolly nature of nature outside of that. Well, so. and the contrast here is Sinai was in the wilderness. Wilderness, exactly. And yeah. he had told us back in chapter 11, Moses or Abraham was seeking a city. Uh, seeking the a architect city. architect and the builder was God. A place of great design for peace and Where joy. Where people dwell yeah. together. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful metaphor. And I like it. He's going to use it many times before he finishes the book because it's just, it's such a great, this is the promise fulfilled. It's a city, mm-hmm. a great city where God will be, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And guess who's there? Innumerable angels. Wow, that's cool. In festal gathering. I mean, it's it's a celebration. It's a joyful place. Boy, that sounds to me like Revelation. It does. I think especially it does. In chapter 14. I just looked at it. But yeah, uh, this incredible heavenly gathering, this cloud of witnesses, not just human witnesses, but angelic witnesses. But angelic witnesses. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Celebrating. Yeah, the yeah. host of heaven. Yeah, that's what he's getting at here. And and to, you know, to the assembly of the firstborn, hmm. Uh, who were enrolled in heaven. There's a lot right there that oh, you should goodness. be jumping around for joy <laughs> in because even that assembly is actually two words. It means general assembly and also ecclesia. The, the called the ones. The called ones. So they were called out to this. And that's the assembly of the firstborn. Uh, of course, we're talking about who Jesus. Who is the firstborn? Christ. Yeah, right. right. The inheritor. And, and, and you are those who are enrolled in heaven. The, the word, that word enrolled is the same way we use for registration. You know, you, you sign, you write down something, you get your name on a list. And uh, it's referred to other places in the Bible, like in Revelation, multiple times as the book of life. Do you remember name is written there? when Jesus sent out the, the apostles the first time and right. they came back crowing because they had cast out demons and done all these healings? And he says, hey, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in this, that your names that are written. Yeah. That's in, in Luke 10. Oh, you did too. Cool. Uh, 10, 20. <laughs> where, I can't yeah. read my own writing. 10, 20. Yeah. <laughs> Luke rejoice, 10, 20. Rejoice, rejoice that your names are written yeah. in heaven. So that's what he's saying here. This is the assembly of all. All those people whose names are right. written there. And and by the way, if you're a follower of Jesus, your name is written there. When the roll is called up yonder, right. I'll be there. <laughs> and it, and it, when, it, when you talk about a registration like that, it's 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 signed in ink. It's right. it's written your name's there. Name's in the book. It's a it's a real emphasis on the fact that your name is there and won't be erased. You're there. Hmm. You're there. So that's the assembly of all those people, and the, and then another two to God, who is by the way. The judge, judge of, all. of all. So he's not getting away from God's justice in that sense, the judge of all. And also to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. I mean, uh, the perfect again is tell us it's complete, the end. Completed. All that they were right. intended to be. The collection of all those who've gotten to the end. And then finally, what a great crowning oh, thing, 24. It's and, the best. And to Jesus. Amen. The mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood. Which you know goes back to the temple imagery right, that to caused us to blood. be able to come into the presence of God right. in the Holy of Holies, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks much better than the blood of Abel. Wow! There it is again—the better, 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 better hope, better ministry, better covenant, better promises, better priesthood, better sacrifice. Yes, those are all things that the writer of Hebrews has laid out in detail for us, and he's kind of summing it all up in this beautiful picture. Yeah, this is this is our hope. This is you know we talked last time about where oh. your eyes placed, where you're looking. This is where you should be looking, right Look here. Look at the contrast, yeah. right? At Sinai, that mountain in the wilderness where it, the threat, it was a threat of death. If was, you try and come it close, was sobering. there was fear yeah. and keep your distance. God is not messing around. But here at Mount yeah. Zion, where God has established peace through the blood of the cross of Jesus, 
we're drawn in, we're made holy, we're called into yes. fellowship with Him. It's such an amazing contrast. It should give us chills. Yeah, I know. It's I just love this section altogether, and I and I I really latch heavily on this idea of this city, this, yeah. this city. And you know, he he already talked about that. I guess it was with Abraham back in Hebrews 11 when uh-huh. he went through that. He was looking forward to a city that has foundations. Right. Right. That God designed that and God built. That God designed and built. I mean, that's, whoa, that's, that's, yeah, yeah exactly. You, and, uh, oh, yeah, in Hebrews eleven sixteen, 16, it says that, you know, therefore God's not ashamed to be called their God because he's prepared for them a, place, a city. A city. Yay. And Jesus said, hey, I, I'm going to prepare a place for you that right. where I am, you're going to be, right? right? In a city, you live inside a bounded a, a bounded walled place, and the king yeah. is there. And the king is there. By the way, too, when people ask me, what's heaven going to be like? Uh, mm. I'm tempted to always go back to this, because this doesn't tell me anything about streets of gold. No, it doesn't. But it does tell me who's going to be there. Yes. And that's what thrills my heart. That's that. That's what his list is. This is this is the city, and guess who's going to be living in that city? Well, God Himself is. The innumerable angels are in celebration mode. The assembly of the firstborn who've had their names written in the book. I mean, and then to Jesus, the mediator of this covenant. That's who's going to be. That's what excites me. That's why I want heaven, and that's where my focus is aimed, and not on here and now. <sighs> Oh, and I'm thinking about Revelation 20, 21, 22, and it says, and and the lamp is the lamb yeah, in that oh, yeah. city, right? right? The very light that comes in that city is from the lamb himself. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's, this, is where, this is where our focus ought to be. Where are you looking? This is where I'm looking. So if you want to be encouraged, you Bible study students, look through the New Testament for this imagery of a city. You'll mm-hmm. find it here in Hebrews, and you'll find it Big time in Revelation. Big time, right? Big time. When it, it's so he, the writer of Hebrews is laying down that picture, mm-hmm. and John is given this amazing picture to write down for us in Revelation. Go mm-hmm. and read mm-hmm. about that city right yep. toward the end of the book. It's chapter twenty-one, twenty-two. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very encouraging, and again, we we lose some of the imagery of how wonderful a city is. But every time you see every time you see it spoken, especially in, in terms of Abraham, where someone is is relegated to living in a tent, that right. means by contrast, they're and not, wandering. They're not living in a city, so they're right. they're a passing through kind of get by residence in that sense. And so, uh, and Paul uses this imagery as well that even our life right now, I'm living in this tent, right? And so I'm passing through. I'm not living in a city yet, but the city is coming. The permanent dwelling place is coming. And so that that imagery is really powerful. And I'm going there. And Look I'm going where you're there. Going. <laughs> Why? Because the streets are made of gold. No, no because of who's going to be there. The lamb is there. Exactly. Yeah. So heaven is not what it's going to be like, but who is it going to be like? Who's going to be there? So that's that. So he painted for us a great picture of where our eyes should be set. So twenty five. You want to pick yeah, up twenty five and we'll finish the it. chapter. See to it that you do not refuse him who's speaking. Right. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, he's still talking about Sinai there. Mm-hmm. Much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he's promised, yet once more I will shake, not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Mm. 
I'm stunned. <laughs> uh, you know, he's hearkening back to that Old Testament idea of the consuming fire, the fire that consumes the the whole burnt offering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, how does that fit in this picture of a kingdom that can't be shaken? And this contrast between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion, right? The yeah. Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Uh, you Bible study students camp there for a little bit and track down that idea of a consuming fire. Shows up in Deuteronomy, shows That's, up in Isaiah, shows up yeah. in a number of places. But, you know, yeah. fire uh, judges, it cleanses. It. Uh, we have a daughter who's a sculptor, and we've talked a lot about clay. She says when you when fire a pot, it renders permanent Gets the permanent. condition yeah. of that clay. Yeah. So this idea that God is a consuming fire he has the last word right on the judgment and it's a it's a it's a stark contrast on things that are temporary versus things that are yes. eternal you know because again jesus also uses the idea of in the old testament of grass you know grass is consumed right. easily by a fire and it's and grass is clearly a temporary thing right. anyway so so they use this metaphor to talk about things that are uh, temporary versus what's going to remain, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. if a grass fire comes up the edge of my brick house, it's not going to hurt my brick house. It'll take it'll take the grass right. around it. Right. So, temporary versus permanent. What's temporary? What's permanent? And his point he's making here is that your existence right now in this place is the temporary. Temporary. And uh, and and there's going to be another shaking happening mm-hmm. that's going to be like a fire that's going to take out the things that are temporary. So, are you latched on to the temporary or are you latched on to the permanent? Well, and you know, this book has been filled with warnings. Yeah. And he says in verse 25, now see to it that you don't refuse, right? Because if they didn't escape when they refused him who warned from earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warned from heaven. All right. It takes me right so back to chapter two. all the way two. through yeah. this book, he says, now don't drift, don't doubt, don't neglect, don't mm-hmm. turn away, don't harden your heart, uh, don't refuse him. Right. He's still speaking. How shall we escape if we neglect so great so a salvation? So great a salvation. Yep. He told yeah. us that in chapter two. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is a promise of great life. This is great benefit mm-hmm. to us. So he's saying, don't be distracted. Don't be entangled here. You know, set your heart and your focus to what's to come. But don't re- don't refuse him who's speaking. He because there is a shaking that's coming. There is an inevitable shaking, this so, final judgment. I was thinking about this shaking. And the writer here is referring back to when the earth shook there mm-hmm. at Sinai. But, you know, there was a... There was a shaking of the earth when Jesus died mm-hmm. at the cross. Yep. God was shaking kind of foreshadowing. the earth in judgment yeah. of sin, foreshadowing yeah. that final shaking to remove all the things that are temporary. Right, right. So I'm shaking the table and I see the microphones <laughs> bouncing up and down while I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I, it's it's sobering when I read that. Yet once more, I, I will, will shake. shake. Not only the earth, but also the heavens. Everything is going to be shaken. Like thinking about beating a rug and getting all the dirt out. And that's, you know, a loving God in a very just way is uh, is listening to our prayers saying god when will i be in a place with you where there will be no more sin right he says oh don't worry about it we're going to beat the carpet one more time right <laughs> and the sin's going to go away so what's left is enduring and positive and good and the bad will be gone there will be no more wow. tears and that sets me think of we see that imagery in revelation when john says i looked and the heavens were rolled up like a scroll yeah. right it's this picture yeah. of god's just shaking out the scenery curtains yep He's yep. just rolling them up 
and all, and you see the eternal things yep. that were hidden all along. And that's referred to as the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. And, we, and I like how he says the day of the Lord. I mean, it's all through the Old Testament because it, it implies very strongly that there's a date predetermined on the calendar right, of God. it's coming. And it will come, regardless of what you think. What do you think about that Haggai passage that he quotes oh, there? That's Haggai you know, too. I looked that up because for the writer of Hebrews, when he makes these, he grabs these tiny little fragments yeah. of the Old Testament, you knowing know yeah. that his readers are, know the rest of the Premier. passage. Premier. But, you know, I'm going to start reading for a verse before the one he quotes, because he says in Haggai 2, verse 5, two, five. as for the promise which I made you when you came out of Egypt... My spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. Don't fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I'll shake all the nations, and they'll come with the wealth of the nations, and I will fill this house with glory. Mm-hmm. What house is he talking about? Well, Haggai was a prophet in Zerubbabel's mm-hmm. time when the first wave of returnees came back to rebuild the temple in yeah. Jerusalem that had been destroyed by the Babylonians. And so Haggai is encouraging them, but God's saying, you know, you're going to rebuild this brick and mortar building, but I'm going to fill a bigger, greater temple with glory in the future. Even more. And then he says in verse 8 of Haggai 2, the silver's mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts, and the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I shall give peace, Peace. says the Lord of hosts. Right? Four or five times in these verses, the Lord of hosts. Who's that? Well, the one who reigns over everything. Mm -hmm. All that Mm -hmm. angelic host of angels and souls of righteous men made complete. Yep, yep. Yep, a shaking is still to come. And God has promised it, and he's going to fill it with glory. And in this mount, Mount Zion, he has made peace, right? Colossians says he, or Ephesians says he's made peace by the blood of his cross. Yep. Yeah. So this shaking isn't just to be punitive. No. This shaking is to remove all the influence of sin and get in. You know, shake out everything that doesn't shake belong. Shake out all that stuff because that stuff is not permanent. It's going away. You And you, it, you're wise to just stay under the junk that you're experiencing right now because of the proximity of sin. But there's a day coming. He'll shake it yet once more. I'll because shake the you earth. you in Christ are going to come through the shaking. Yeah, right. If if you you know if you're a follower of Christ and you've attached to His righteousness in that sense, that's permanent and that won't go right. away, then that will that will be sustained through the wrath of God. But all the other stuff, psh, gone. Right. And in fact, uh, you know, a great a great picture again when you come back to Passover when they when they're leaving Egypt, you know, they were inside their houses with the Passover lamb at the blood of their door, and the wrath of God came through and it swept through the whole area and. Presumably, they would have been taken out too. The wrath was universal it was across all the people there in Goshen at the time. But with their houses marked, they were preserved from it. So right. they were still under that wrath, just like us. Right. We are under that wrath, but because of the blood of the Lamb, yeah. we get to pass through. They were inside the houses that they had gone in. I think I said this last week, through that blood-soaked doorway. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you said, if you're a follower of Christ, I would emphasize that the New Testament idea is not, are you a follower of Christ, but are you in Christ? Are you in Christ, yeah. I did a survey of that yeah. a couple of years ago, and you know, like 900 times in the New Testament, in Christ, or Christ in you, yeah. shows yeah. up. Uh, we just don't see followers uh, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. in the Gospels. And there were lots of people who followed who didn't necessarily follow 
through the shaking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Things got hard and they fell away. Yeah. So I would say if you are in Christ and he is in you, yeah. you will come through the shaking. That's a great study to do. Oh, it's a great study yes. to do, it, which is, it explains why when Paul says Christ in you is the hope of the glory. Hope of glory. Well, glory is existing past the judgment. Right. <laughs> so Christ in you, that's the key. That's the that's the permanent indelible key for you making it past judgment. Christ in you, that's your hope of glory. That's your hope of being in glory. That's what he's talking about. Well, what a what a great way for him to close down in verse twenty eight. So you know, let's be grateful. Oh, and offer to God an acceptable worship. <laughs> an acceptable worship. Where have we seen that phrase before? You're right. You know I where know. it shows up? It shows up in Romans twelve. Romans 1. twelve. Exactly. Yeah. Acceptable worship. Because look. Regardless of the junk you're going through right now, and that's the contrast we're getting, regardless of all the stuff that you need to remain under because life is suboptimal right now because of the presence of sin, we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken. That, that is a reality. That's a permanent thing. We've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And this place that we're right in right now is a kingdom that will be shaken. It'll be, it'll be shaken clean of all that sinfulness. But we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken so let's worship with reverence and awe god is a consuming fire that's the shaking that's to come yeah so paul says in romans 12 1 i urge you therefore brethren by the mercies of god right because god is merciful he's merciful toward us yeah. to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to god which is your spiritual service of worship there it is Yep, spiritual Your service of worship. Acceptable worship, what yep. pleases God, presenting our whole selves. Yep. So, no, go ahead. No, go, I'm finished. Well, we're just kind of at the end of our time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to go on, don't be conformed to this world. But, right. be but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what yeah. the will of God is. That which we're, is good and acceptable. Because we're passing through this place because this is a temporary place. Right. And it's going to be shaken awfully by the wrath and justice of God. So be thankful that you received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And give thanks. A city that God has prepared for you to be in where you will be with him and with Jesus with all the others who are those who have been made perfect through the righteousness of so Christ. Fix your eyes on that fix and your eyes give there. thanks. Be that's thankful. where you're going. Yeah, that's the goal. Well, we come back next week. We start into 13, the last chapter, and we're excited about that as well. He'll give us some practical tips for how you live life Very practical. from here until then. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're glad you're with us, and we'll look for you next week on More, More Than, Than Ink. Ink. Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. Well, there's a bad one coming. That's what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> <laughs>